velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel. And back from Glasgow, I am joined by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, have you sobered up and have you warmed up? Well, I've, I'm not sure about sobered up. I've just about thawed up, thawed out, sorry. It was uh, it was Baltic up there. I didn't think it was possible for an artificial pitch to start freezing over, but such were the, such were the temperatures. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were, we were four of the La Rochelle five that, that ventured out last season. So you were... You would definitely miss G, but obviously business comes first as ever with you. But yeah, back and uh, back and, and and no European success, but we we had a great time. It was a brilliant city. Yeah, heading in the right direction though, aren't we? I don't think we've got close on the the previous <laughs> previous trips that we've made together to France for these European away days. Um, we got a draw, which we will talk about, and I'll obviously give you the floor to talk about um, the brilliant city that is. Glasgow and yeah extremely jealous I was watching it not so jealous that you know I was a little bit warmer than you boys sat on my sofa um but that was about the only positive that I could take from it um yeah a, a tough one to miss but um I'm looking forward to hearing all about it well yeah and yet again if you it doesn't take you you long on Bath socials social media to to find a picture of us again looking like a bunch of blue black and white Michelin men in about, I think, four or five layers. We may have even beaten the record in La Rochelle and then oversized bath shirts. We look absolutely ridiculous, but many more than five people representing Bath out in out, out at Scotston. It was, a, it was a decent turnout and everyone was huddling for warmth before and after game, including the players. Yeah, it was. Uh, it looked a cold one and, and a great shot of you boys. Um, yeah, looking looking like you've already enjoyed the, the Glasgow hospitality. Tom, we're going to talk all about that. But before we do, not only have you been busy this week in Glasgow, you've been busy over the past couple of weeks. And we've got some some pretty good um, and, and great news for us and, and for the podcast uh, to announce uh, this week. So, so the floor is yours on that one. Yeah, some 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 really exciting news. After five years on the podcast, we finally have a a, a partner in crime, and it's 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 very exciting. It's none other than Mister Bath, or maybe Mister England, we should say after after today's news. But Tom Dunn's black and white butchers, and gee, you probably remember that we had Tom on before Christmas in October, and he'd only launched the black and white back in March. Obviously, thinking of 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 you know after his career and he's he's very interested in butchery and all that kind of stuff i mean his career is still very much alive and kicking but he's he's um yeah he's 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 been doing well and making some traction with it and you only have to go on their their instagram to see some of the unbelievable stuff that they are putting out if you're doing veganuary then that will stop you 
dead in your tracks because it's hog roast, it's roasted lambs, rotisserie chickens, and they, yeah, they they're, they're down at the wreck on the in in the farm village behind the east stand every every home game pretty much. So um, yeah, going forwards, we're going to be giving them a plug as well. Um, and yeah, they're available for bookings. They're looking to branch out and and do more and more in the southwest. So you can take your events to the next level and, and obviously support Mr. Bath, a, a Bath legend in the, in, in, in the process. So, um, yeah, the Instagram's black underscore and underscore white underscore butcher. And then you can find them as well at info at bwmeats.com. So yeah, brilliant to, to have a partner, brilliant to be supported and, uh, and, and we can hopefully look forward to, to a few events and cool things that we're going to roll out. So keep watch this space, G. Yeah, the Bath Rugby Plug brought to you by Black and White Butchers, Tom Dunn's Black and White Butchers. Good to have a colleague on board and, and an England international on board with the podcast, which unfortunately, Tom, we've been unable to, to, to do ourselves. So, yeah, really exciting news. Um, and as you say, watch that space for even more stuff on that, Tom. Now let's get into the weekend that you had. And before we kind of get into the game and, and the nitty gritty of it, which I may have to take a little bit more of the lead on, why don't you tell us a little bit about the ground, the atmosphere, um, the environment around the ground and everything that, that kind of went on. Or maybe, maybe not everything that went on, but but what we can broadcast that, that went on. And yeah, for myself and for all the other unfortunate Bath fans that weren't able to make it up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything I can remember anyway, particularly from from, from Friday night. But yeah, it's um, the ground itself. So I think it's just under 9,000 or just under 10,000, sorry, capacity. I think there's about 7,000 in there. So a decent attend a decent attendance and the atmosphere is okay you know there's it, it has that kind of unfortunate thing of there being an athletics track all the way around which does kind of feel like you're a little bit further from from some of the action I guess when you when you throw in the cold and also the fact that Glasgow only needed the one point to to move forwards with a with a home 16 uh, draw it wasn't raucous i think we more than punched above our weight in terms of making making noise and 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 cheering the boys along but there's a there's a decent pre-match and post-match there's kind of a a sports hall clubhouse which everyone everyone crowds into before and after the game like penguins for warmth but um yeah some some the fans were really welcoming with a decent turnout from bath as well and just a good rugby club a good rugby weekend um talking all things all things code and you know i like i like nothing more than that so yeah enjoy 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 getting there but not not the raucous atmosphere that i'm sure scottston brings on sunnier days when perhaps there's slightly more on the line in in the game yeah there wasn't loads on the game for for glasgow tom but plenty on the game for bath and as it turned out, the draw that we got in the end, the 19 points, the 19 draw, wasn't enough with Breve and Newcastle both winning on Saturday. We, of course, needed to to kind of get the best result out of that chasing pack. And, and the draw wasn't enough given those two results, which was frustrating. But but plenty on the line for Bath, which made a for, for a pretty close encounter and a pretty tense encounter from, from my point of view where I was sat. Um, nervy, certainly, towards the end. Yeah. You know, I think it was it was a slightly strange atmosphere. I mean, you know, leaving the ground, overall impression of the result. You know, we're the first team to stop Glasgow winning at Scotland in 15 months. They're seven from seven wins. And, you know, they, they spoke about after the game, the fact that that now winning streak 
is over. And I don't think they were particularly pleased with the performance that they they put out with a with a relatively strong side with 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 Scotland internationals. But I do think there was a sense, certainly for me, and I think other Bath fans that were there, G, that if we'd have somehow scraped over the line and Newcastle and Bree results had gone our way, it would have felt like a bit of a farce. I mean, to qualify for last 16 with no wins, to be on one point prior to that game and with a decent chance of of qualifying, it does just make a bit of a, a mockery of the whole competition. And, you know, the seeding format and the larger pools just means that you don't really get any any close games. So it was strange, as you say, going to one of these away days where potentially qualification is on the line. That certainly hasn't happened in previous trips. But I do think this competition and the the, the permutations that we had just felt a little bit strange and it wouldn't have felt overly deserved, to be honest. That was my feeling anyway. Perhaps, perhaps. I do think... On the night, though, we we probably did deserve the draw that that we got. I thought the performance was was pretty good. Certainly, Johan van Gran, when he spoke after the game, described it as the best performance in Europe so far, and I'd definitely agree with that. Given the 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 circumstances we were up against, a, a really good Glasgow side, particularly when they play at home. And whilst yeah. it was a cold day, a dry day on a uh, on an artificial surface, so so conditions. Conditions there to be able to play the rugby that they like to play. You mentioned it, I think, Tom, that, that they like to play with some of the most ball in hand or ball in play yeah. time out of any team in Europe. And they certainly tried to do that, didn't they, against Bath on, on Friday night. But I think it was a combination, wasn't it, of, of Glasgow maybe not being quite there, knowing that a point was enough. And also, I think of Bath's harrying and Bath's defence, which meant that they just weren't able to to get out wide as much as they would like, and they weren't able to to go through phases, keep the ball in play, and tire out that Bath pack. I think they had four handling errors, Tom, in that first ten minutes, Glasgow, and I think it was ten handling errors in the first half, which really meant Bath were able to ease into the game, kind of establish some authority in the scrum and in some of the forward areas, and keep that game close. Yeah, definitely. I think it was 16 was Tua Pilotu came out as man of the match and, and said that they were going to cop it in the sheds because I think it was 16 turnovers that they conceded in the total game, which, as you say, just completely stifles any attacking play, any momentum that you're you're trying to build. But you mentioned the scrum. I think, again, it's a it was a real area of, of, of positive for us. We won four penalties on Glasgow ball. And, you know, I've definitely been critical in the past of the performances of, of some of our props, of Darcy Ray, of Johannes Jonker, of Valerie Morozov as well. And, you know, they're not our first choice guys, Ben Obano and Will Stewart, obviously sideline. But I think in recent games, they've started to be much more consistent and give us a, 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 a much better platform. And in conditions like that, playing against a side that want to play rugby, if you can win those scrum penalties and pin them back, it's it, it it really does help you out. So yeah, I mean, if you look at the Toulon game, Tigers game, and then that Glasgow game, we've had the edge there, and I think that is that is impressive. And we should we should give a lot of credit to the full the full eight. But I think particularly those props for 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 coming good and dominating that area. Dominating that area on a surface that they're not used to, which I've never no. scrummaged on any surface, but I'm not. You know, I hear that it's difficult to yeah. scrummage on the artificial surface when you don't do it kind of week in, week out 
And so that's that's impressive. I'm not sure. Did you see Valerie Morozov? Is I don't. It must be a a, a, a knee jerk reaction, but every scrum reset, he sort of <laughs> leans on leans on Tom Dunn and goes to pick his boots, and you just think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, way to way to slow down that scrum and get a bit of air in into those lungs for the big Valerie. I, I imagine. Yeah, they're, they're certainly improving at scrum time, aren't they? I'm not sure necessarily if those guys are giving as much as our first choice guys around the park, particularly carrying and also mm. in defence. It was a, a pretty horrendous missed tackle from, I can't remember which. Yannis Jonker. Yannis Jonker, which led to the the Matt Fagerson try. You know, he missed him, Spencer missed him, Bailey missed him and Adoma had missed a pretty bad tackle on the winger. In the lead up to that try, that was a, a pretty weak, a weak opening try to concede. But yeah, you're absolutely right. At scrum time there, they're starting to, to to come a little bit more formidable, which is which is really positive. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, that whole set for the for the Matt Ferguson try was just so disappointing. It was bang in front of us as well, and mm-hmm. you know we started quite nicely. We were moving the ball well. I think Lewis Schroeder again at the base. He looks quite quite dangerous. We know he doesn't have Ben Spencer's control or kicking game, but there's little short pops and varying the speed and variety of pass. I think was. Was was impressive when we looked dangerous and obviously got that first that first three pointer. Mm. But then yeah, a weak exit from Orlando Bailey, a missed tackle from Max down the down the right wing. Who we can talk about him him being selected on the wing, and then just so half hearted from Matt Fagerson, who's a strong carrier. But I mean, you, you know, we've said it so many times, but you, you put in all that work and it's just undone with the seven pointer so quickly. So. That was disappointing. And then for that second Glasgow try and an area where we did struggle up front, G, was the driving mall. Mm. I mean, they had a couple of really meaty drives, almost schoolboy at times with those malls that go sort of 25, 30 metres. And and suddenly, you know, you're behind 14-6. We didn't quite concede in that first five minutes. So New Year's resolution's not been broken twice, but it was uh, suddenly you're chasing the game again. Yeah, we did manage to get it back to 14-13 at half-time, as you say, Tom, and I Chris Clurter try his mm. first for the club, which was which was good to see. And then a key period, sort of just after half-time, when Pierre Francis got a yellow card for a head-on-head tackle, of which he came out a lot worse than, I think it was Tua Pilotto, who he was tackling. Um, but as the tackling player, he... Is the onus is on him to drop his height. If he was playing grassroots rugby, the onus on him would be to drop his height even further. Which um that yeah. would take. I mean, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna go into the the ineptitude of the RFU and, and and that fast that was earlier this week. We're not gonna go into that. But Piers Francis goes off with that yellow card. Um, and I think lucky, to be honest, to to maybe not get a red card. I know he's been cited this week, so I imagine he will probably pick up a ban for that. It is head on head, and and whilst the force maybe not coming from Francis, I think he was lucky probably to stay on the pitch. And if he hadn't been so badly injured, I imagine he probably would have gone off with a red card. They saw a try, well, they appeared to score a try almost immediately after, but we get a massive break as that's ruled to be a knock-on. Um, but then hugely frustratingly, a stupid Chris Clurter 
offside penalty allows them to go back into our 22 and eventually score to make the score 19-13. And that we kind of felt like we'd got away with one. France is only getting a yellow, then the, the knock-on at the mall. But that stupid penalty and then to allow them to score immediately after was hugely frustrating because Glasgow's last points in the game um, and the points which kind of denied us the victory in the end. Yeah, it was a poor passage of play. I mean, it's one of those yellow cards where you feel for Piers Francis because he's lying on his back, clearly in a lot of trouble. And we saw him actually walk past and try and, I don't know, go and see his his, his friends or whatever and, and, and supporters. And he was very, very unsteady on his legs. So it was a really nasty head knock. But he does get himself into a into a really awkward position. And then, yeah, we, 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 we concede and we're, we're, we're behind again. I think we then made some some fairly canny substitutions. Again, the 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 kind of front row coming in to not bail us out, but to provide that that surety, that platform. Matt Gallagher as well coming on and kicking so well as usual from 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 penalties. It's, it, it it really is impressive. And then obviously the talisman himself, Ben Spencer, coming on to provide that 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 control and that game management. Um, and we shored things up a little, and I think that was that was that that was to, that was to their credit. Obviously, yeah. then managed to to get back in the game, Bailey with one kick, and then Ben Spencer with a ridiculous strike. I mean, how does he how does he do it from the fifteen meter line and uh, uh, kind of forty meters out? Fan- fantastic kick, but then in real Bath fashion, G, we did everything possible we could to give Glasgow the the opportunity to nick the reverse fixture by three points again. But but yeah, why don't you talk us through that bit? Because we were pretty stressed, I'm not going to lie. We were a combination of probably stage two hypothermia by this point, but also heart, 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 hearts flying, fingernails uh, bitten down. It was, it was a stressful last few minutes. Yeah, it was a stressful last three minutes, Tom. And I don't know if you're kind of teeing me up to throw someone under the bus that I throw under the bus. Certainly off air, quite continuously with you, but... Yeah, the substitutions worked. The one substitution which which didn't work was was bringing Ellis on, unfortunately, and you know missed the clear out at the end of the extra game on Christmas Eve. Dropped the ball at the end of the Toulon game last week and gave away the brainless yellow card this week, which even the game back up and allowed Glasgow Duncan Weir the shot in such a similar fashion to to the way he did at the wreck, the shot to do it. And, and, and I thought for all money that was going over. Yes, totally. So yeah, we've got a break there and 1919, the final results on, which I think probably weirdly was, was probably about the fair result. I don't think either side necessarily merited it and, and errors from both sides kind of meant that, that both teams were kind of always in the game and, and yeah frustrating that we that we got to 1919 with a man up and and weren't able to capitalize but all in all not a bad result but within the context of everything that was going on not enough no not enough and what what did you make actually maybe taking a step back what did you make of some of the selections I mean Max Ajomo with his first start for Bath on the the wing and then slightly strangely with Matt Gallagher on the bench Mm. Orlando Bailey is is given a berth at, 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 at fullback. Miles Reed obviously coming in for number eight, but but kind of more 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 injury related there. What did you make of those? What did you make of those first two? First of all, I guess when you saw the selection, and how do you think those guys got on at wing and fullback? 
yeah, I didn't really get it, to be honest with you. I thought we spoke about it last week that there may be some some interesting selections, some unusual selections this week, given the short turnaround Sunday to Friday. But to see Gallagher on the bench, yeah, not sure I got that. I don't know whether he wanted Bailey on the pitch, but also wanted Francis's security from the tee, perhaps. Um, and yeah, um, Ajoma did okay on the wing, but it's it's not his natural position. And it's very difficult to defend out there, particularly when you're faced with um, the South African winger that, that Glasgow have got, the captain, oh, his name is is evading me, Tom, probably was in front of you for about 40 minutes, but probably evades you as well. So, yeah, t- a tough day for, for Max on that wing. Oh, Carl Stein, Carl Stein, yeah. Carl Stein, yeah. A tough day on that wing for, for Max, I thought. They were trying to get him involved with some cross yeah. kicks at times, but I just think that he's a much better centre and, and, yeah, it was um, a, a difficult day for him and, and I think you've got to start Gallagher you really have to start Gallagher he's been so good this season so yeah I, d- I didn't necessarily understand those uh, Tom DeGlanville available presumably I don't know what his status is injury Darren Atkins uh, uh, by all, for all intents and purposes is fit I believe Gabe Hammer-Webb as well is available for selection so I think you know and, and you you say this very often but I think you just got to pick your pick your players in the right position you know he, I had a quick word with Max after the game and I think the rationale was that they wanted to get their best players on the pitch. They don't feel like they've been utilising his his talent as much as as much as he said know, that, he? it should be. No, I'm saying that. And um, <laughs> and and but he got the ball once, and so his primary job ended up being defence and trying to field, uh, you know, high balls and balls in behind. So I don't think that. Yeah, I, I really don't think that makes any sense it kind of does more harm than good one guy that I thought was outstanding throughout throughout the game playing again slightly out of position was Miles Reed. I mean I don't know I do think he, he gets a little bit of a, a tailwind from obviously sticking out like a bit of a sore thumb but he he was just hustling he was looking likely the breakdown he had a few turnovers he was um, winning collisions on the gay line I thought he had a I thought he had a, a great game and I, maybe it was coming on the podcast and chatting to UG but he seems to to, to have been a beast since that point. So why don't you why don't you take a slice of credit there? Love to take a slice of credit, Tom. Did any of the boys, as we trying to move away from from this game, did any of the boys you spoke to, Max, anything else come up to you at the end of the game for for a chat? What was their take on the game? Do you know what? It's a bit of a bugbear. They and I know the athletics tracks make makes it a bit difficult, but we didn't have many come over at all. Piers Francis came over, but but as I say, looked looked pretty unsteady. And, and was and went back into the dressing room. Max Ajoma and, and Big Joe came came over, but everyone else kind of they had a quick huddle and they didn't do their usual kind of lap of honour. They just headed straight for the sheds, which was which was a little bit disappointing. Darcy Ray was the other one that stayed out, but obviously he had you know a lot of family friends, old teammates there. So yeah, I mean when people obviously make the trip, go through the the freezing cold, I think the players could have come over as they did and as they usually do in. Mm. Uh, you know, and 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 say a bit of you know, show a bit more appreciation to the fans. I would I would say, but um, so yeah, didn't 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 speak didn't speak to anyone else. But I do sympathise for them being in shorts and t shirt at the same time. Yeah, not normally something they're excellent at. So yeah, a, a, a great weekend you had, Tom. Nonetheless, and a, a great week. And in, sorry, and, and I was just going to say, and a brilliant touring city, right? I mean. Dry January is definitely not a thing in Glasgow. Every well, both nights we were there, we stayed over to the to the Sunday. It's a proper party town. It's a really good night out. Everyone 
despite probably some of the you know the reputation that for some reason Glasgow has with the Glasgow kiss and all that kind of thing, everyone was really really friendly, and we we definitely sampled some 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 Glasgow kisses. Enjoyed it, yeah. Luckily, luckily not a Glasgow kiss, but um, or a bad Mars bar, which was a big disappointment. But anyway, that's 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 one for another day. Big weekend for you, Tom. Big week for Tom Dunn as well. Not only is he partnering <laughs> this week, but he's also got the small news of an England call-up. No Bath players in the initial Steve Borthwick squad, but injury has struck in that squad quite badly at this point, which will be mm. fascinating as we look to the Six Nations. Um, not that I fancy supporting the RFU in anything they do at the moment, but Tom Dunn and Ollie Lawrence have been called up due to those injuries. And yeah, despite it being injury call-ups, both of them fantastically well-deserved. Yeah, I mean, starting with, with, with Dunny, obviously, you know, we're, we're contracted to say this now, but, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think, I, I do genuinely think it was... In that contract that you and Tom Dunn threw up earlier this week, I say you didn't say anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I think, I, think, I think it was a bit harsh looking back that he wasn't included in that that first squad. I mean, we've seen him versus Jack Walker and we know who the better hooker is there, probably across all aspects of the, the game. And Dunny's probably having one of his best seasons, right? He's played, I think, 16 out of 17 games across all competition. He's top carries. He's second top tackles. He's got five games. He's captain the club for the first time this, this season on, on multiple occasions. So, yeah, brilliant to see him involved. I saw an article as well today that he actually coaches Steve Borthwick's son in Chippenham under eights, which was which was quite a, a nice little touch. He's obviously been putting a good word for him himself in in there. And you know, with Jamie George having having picked up a, a knock, he's been withdrawn today and also may get cited for a similar incident as kind of Pierre France Pierre Francis did. So it's Tom Dunn and Jack Walker now will be probably the two in line to play. So, you know, Dunny's got three caps to his to his name. Obviously remember how happy everyone was when 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 that happened. And yeah, could have a few more. Uh, against his old mate Rory McConaughey, hopefully, in on, on February fourth. Yeah, colleague now, well deserved. Tom Dunn and likewise for, for Rolly Lawrence, of course. Yeah. Part of the month um, I think the previous month of the Premiership, he's been tearing up trees since he's come back with Bath and they've got a lot of centres, but he's playing better rugby than, than Manu Tolangi at the moment. We'll get to see that matchup on Friday night, potentially, Tom. Obviously, England players at Penny Hill Park this week for the Honda, sponsored by Honda, training camp that they've got going on at the moment. But they'll be back, I believe, for this round of matches. Bath being the Friday night game means that we may not or may or may not see those boys feature. So for Bath, of course, Lawrence and Dunn, as we spoke about, and then for Sale, that's Johnny Hill, Tom Curry, Bevan Rod, and Manu Tuolangi. The loss should be ben, with that. Ben Curry, but obviously Tom being injured. Ben Curry? Ben Curry's in the squad, yeah. Which one plays? They both. I never know which one's which. They're both unavailable. Tom Curry's the 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 the, the guy that's played for years and years for England. Ben Curry's now in the squad as well. Oh wow! Didn't actually yeah. didn't actually realise that. So both of those, both of the Curry boys, and also Corbus Visa is missing, who is suspended. Tom Sale, I would say, comfortably the second best team in the league this season. Um, obviously, Saracens 
far and away the best team only losing once but Sale only losing three times Sarri's Quinns and also a surprise to Newcastle away on a Friday night having just been in Glasgow the previous week this is a tough tough fixture for for the boys it's a tough one to, to back up you know I was looking back at some of our our, our notes and the, the match reports from the the, the sale game right back at the start of the season and it was a very very physical encounter that we came out very much the wrong side of do you remember there was a Nick Shonat red card in the early relatively early stages of that first half and despite losing their tight head prop they still dominated us in in most facets of the game and it was a 20 points to 37 result at the wreck so yeah under Alex Anderson they are looking hard-nosed and they are looking looking very very gnarly you also throw into that mix, G, that George Ford is likely to to be available for this week. He's been targeting this game for a little while for his return. And according to Alex Anderson, looks as good as he, he ever has. And he'll have the bit absolutely between his teeth with England in mind, because I think there's a you know there's a good chance that he 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 comes back into that setup. So we know only too well, you mm. know what George Ford can can do. So I'm expecting him to him to be be looking looking pretty pretty sharp. It's a it's 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 it's, it's, it's another very tough game. Ford of course a fantastic player Tom, but he'll be kicking out the the current player premiership player of the month who is Rob the Priya. And I was actually looking back at this and I'm obviously not a sale fan, but who do you think the last sale player to win premiership player of the month was? And when do you think it was? Ooh. I'm going to go for... Is he ex-Bath? He is actually ex-Bath, incredibly. It's not Phillips, is it? No, it's not, it's not, it's not, Mike, not Mike Phillips. Is it Mike Phillips? not Mike Phillips, is it? Anyway, go on. It's, it's the ex-Bath Danny Cipriani back in 2014. Oh, wow. They've not had a Premiership Player of the Month for nine years almost. That's insane. That is insane. But it's kind of irrelevant to this conversation. I just kind of went down a little bit of a worm. But yeah, Rob Dupree, Premiership Player of the Month. And yeah, fantastic pack that he he's playing behind with with those names that are in the, the England squad in, in particular. But yeah, they're a gnarly physical team. And Bath want to be a gnarly physical team, but this is a side that's that's a step ahead of that. So this is going yeah. to be incredibly difficult. Tom, we do have a pretty good record there. I didn't actually check it um, prior to it, but just anecdotally, it feels like we've won the last two or three times we've gone there and some pretty big, big performances from memory. And the guy that always sticks in my mind when we go up to the AJ Bell in recent years is Ben Spencer, who's been phenomenal when in those victories. So hopefully he starts and I think he has to have a massive, massive game. He's not in the England squad. He should obviously be in the England squad. So against um, the, an, another scrum half who are highly rate Rafi Quirk. It will be a really interesting battle and, and he's got to come out on top of that and Bath have got to match them physically, try and get some scrum dominance, hold them off in the mall and then hope to create a little bit of magic with with Redpath, Lawrence and, and, and Bailey who will be at fly half. Yeah, I mean, France is unlikely to be be available, obviously. And I spoke about it last week, but Beno Urbano must be close now and he would be a real boost, I think, to that to that effort um, mm. to, to, to have him back. I guess clutching at straws, they've just had Mike Forshaw, their defence coach, leave for Wales ahead of the Six Nations. So as we were for a couple of seasons, they are without a defence coach and we can see 
we, we've seen how badly that can go wrong. But I think looking ahead, looking I think, ahead, I think Alexanderson might have a better plan to to sort that out than than Stuart. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll be uh, remedying that quite soon. But seriously, I mean, you know, looking ahead to this Six Nations period, you know, it's normally a uh, a time that's really hurt us. I think there was a there was a stat that was reeled out in one of those supporters' evenings when we were in real dire straits that over Eddie Jones's tenure, and obviously this was about a year prior to the end of that, there were more Bath players in England squads than for any other club. So we we have always been hurt by this, and those players have often got injured on England duty. Obviously, lost Tom Dunn probably will not get him back for a lot of the Six Nations with the other injuries at hooker. Ollie Lawrence more uncertain depending on how he goes in training. But we've got five of the last nine premiership games to come prior to uh, during the Six Nations and the week after where the players will normally be unavailable. So I think this is going to be a really, really key period for us. And just just looking at the table, so we're now sat in 10th, two points above Bristol in in, in last place, but only eight points between us and third place Harlequins. And we have a game in, in hand. We're on 11 games and everyone else apart from Bristol has played 12. So, you know, a five pointer and suddenly we're two with two further spots up. And I just think that games against London Irish games against Bristol in, in February, I think we can, we can really make this period pay for us. And it's when we look back at this season, I think this Six Nations um, month or two will will be key to where we end up. Yeah, I think it will. I, I think you're right. There's some winnable games in February and that's going to be a massive month. And when you look back at that injury list, there was a lot of people that were scheduled to come back. Yeah. End of Jan, we're starting to see those guys come back. Chris Clurter and yeah, Beno Urbano is, not, is certainly not far away. So we might be as kind of full strength as we've been in quite a few years during this period given injuries and an international call-up. So fascinating to see how Van Grand kind of integrates them back into the squad and, and tries to build for, for what is the last remaining competition that we are in after the, yep. the disappointing exit in the European Challenge Cup. One other quick piece of news to touch on, G, before we wrap up, and it was uh, uh, announced today, Mike Williams will be leaving with immediate effect and assigned a permanent deal with Exeter Chiefs until the end of the season. He was one of those guys that you just mentioned that was very close to being back. And you know, he hasn't featured under Jern van Grand. He's not actually played a game since the London Irish home fixture in mid-May of last year. So he's 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 been very, very unfortunate with injuries. But, you know, I do think with the signings that we've made, so you look at Ted Hill and Alfie Barbary already announced in that position group and other other signings that we've made that might have, you know, might, might, might be pushing our salary cap quite close. I do think we are going to get a little bit of turnover and, you know, maybe at, at 31, he he's probably a little bit past his best and maybe not, not a fair way from the team on a regular basis, shall we, shall we say, but just to say, I mean, he's been at Bath since 2019, so a decent stint, but um, yeah, wish him all, wish him all the best for, for his time at, time at Exeter. Absolutely. Tom, a decent stint from him, a decent stint from you this weekend, representing the podcast through thick and thin, looking pretty thick on the sidelines of Glasgow in the freezing cold. Go warm up, my friend. Thank you for joining me. Tom Dunn, thank you for coming on board. Check out the Black and White Butchers 
on Instagram. Um, and yeah, stick behind the boys through thick and thin.